Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode number 2021.3. As usual, I'm Rowan Caramandy and I am joined with Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rowan. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. This episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant project. Configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with any router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. This episode is sponsored by morebeer.com. For over 25 years, they've helped creative people like you create your own beer, wine, or coffee at home. Find out more at morebeer.com. Listeners of this show save $10 off their first order with promo code HASPODCAST. That's H-A-S-S podcast. So what's new in the world of Home Assistant? Well, I think before we start with Home Assistant, I think we need to do another... Cloud strikes again, again, segment. Again, again, again. Again, 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 again. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so back in uh, episode number 76, we mentioned that TP-Link started rolling out firmware, which was blocking local access to TP-Link smart Wi-Fi switches. Yep. Uh, so after the Home Assistant community reached out uh, to TP-Link in frustration, there was even a blog post dedicated on the Home Assistant website about it. Uh, they released a beta firmware, which would re-enable local access to TP-Link smart switches and allowing Home Assistant users to connect to them. So what you'd have to do is you'd email TP-Link and say, yo, I need a uh, beta firmware so I can re-enable local access. And they would push that out to your device. You'd give them the MAC address and they'd push it out. Uh, Troy Hunt on Twitter this week, who is a Home Assistant user down here in Australia, uh, has shared an email from TP-Link, which states that the beta firmware is no longer available from the from February 9th, uh, meaning that TP-Link smart switches, which have, have upgraded their firmware, can no longer be controlled by Home Assistant. Uh, this is like a backflip, yeah. I guess, right? Like, damn. It's, it, it's, it's th- this one particularly, like, and, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay... I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll get it. Th- this one particularly pisses me off because it's like, you recognize you did something wrong. You went to go fix it. And then now yeah. you're like, okay, I'm hoping what it is, is I'm hoping this is just one support engineer that just wasn't informed or something like that. I don't know, but it, it sounded like that was not the case. That's mm-hmm. at least that that's how it was kind of, kind of presented. Right. And, and Troy is, was pretty reputable, um, just in the industry. I mean, if, if you're not familiar with Troy, he's, uh, started Have I Been Owned, uh, yep. which is the password, you know, has your password been, mm-hmm. um, compromised somewhere or whatever. And tons of applications and stuff use that. Right. So, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking it on good faith that, you know, he's probably done a little bit of, research into this but but again it's uh i i would love to know i mean if you could if people could tweet at us right and let us know is that the same kind of uh answer you've gotten as well uh, because i i again i'm i'm hoping that it's not just one or sorry i'm hoping that it is just one support engineer that's misinformed or something like that right but uh yeah it doesn't doesn't sound like that's the case so we'll leave a link. There is a topic in the Home Assistant community forums. I know there's uh, some projects out there, um, some Python libraries yeah. that are attempting to either find another way to access these devices 
or reverse engineer an API or something like that. So uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes to that topic if you want to follow along and, and ask for assistance. But yeah, until then, I think if you haven't already, make sure those TP-Link smart switches are blocked from your router. I know mine are. I'm glad I have left those blocked. I just hope uh, in the future, if I upgrade my router, I uh, don't have enough time to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's very disappointing. It's it's frustrating, right? And and you know, it's kind of a back and forth kind of game. And and personally for me it's annoying too because and and Phil and I were just talking about this offline is uh I guess just after this was announced, after the beta firmware was announced, I bought a TP link um what is it? Like an outdoor plug. Mm. And and you know, I'm I'm hoping that I'm not affected, just again on an entirely personal note, but I, I probably will be. Because right. you're going to uh, use those for your um, outdoor lights, right? Yeah. So I originally bought them just for, you know, like our like outdoor like Christmas lights or whatever. Yep. Um, so I can plug in and I can kind of control it, you know, have it on a timer, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This is just frustrating, right? So Are they Wi-Fi based too? Like, they are. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, I'd be blocking that from you, Wi-Fi, today. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I suspect that's probably what I'll do. <laughs> so, all right, uh, and then I guess yeah, we've got some feedback from our uh, last episode. So, Sproket and Oh Hot Dawn, this is my John. Uh, we're <laughs> talking on Reddit. Gosh, I love Reddit usernames. I know. Um, at least it wasn't. I know there's a few people that have binary as usernames on, on Reddit, like those zero zero one 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 zero. Like I'm glad it wasn't one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, they were discussing how to use uh, Home Assistant to track chores around the house, and uh, a suggestion came out that was to use a Home Assistant date time entity to track when a chore has been completed, and then you can use like a, a template. Uh, to then track, you know, all right, this is the date it was last completed. It needs to be done every 90 days. So then use a home assistant template to say, all right, it needs to be done in six days, five days, four days. Then you can use that template to fire off automation. So, you know, if it's getting to, for example, if you need to change an air filter somewhere, Mm. you can say, all right, it's four days to change the air filter, send an alert every morning at 9 a.m. But then, uh, yeah, another use case that came out for NFC tags, which I thought was great, was having the ability to, uh, tap an NFC tag when the chore is done. So think of this like if you've got like an air filter up in like a closet or an attic yeah. somewhere, right? It's you know it's tempting to just go, oh, I'll just push it out ninety days. I'll just increase the date, right? But if you've got an NFC tag in a location, right? Like it's it, it makes it so you have to go up to the NFC tag and and tap it to get the chore done. Then you may as well do the chore, yep. right? So. I think that was a fantastic use case for NFC tags, you know, something that's, if they're rarely used, you know, they don't need power, they don't need batteries to replace. Yeah. And it's time saving, just marking the chore done. Similar to how security guards uh, in some shopping malls yep. and, and around that have little places that around, they have to, tap. they have to walk up and tap physical places to say, I've been here at this date and time. So yep. they aren't just eating donuts somewhere in Krispy Kreme. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's, the, to me, this is actually really cool because it's a, great use for nfc yep. and for me personally and and, and that uh, that example was a little too real about like you know around, <laughs> around changing the air filter things like that right it's it's um it, you know it, it's a good way to actually force you to go do the task uh, absolutely right? which is which is great all right so 2021.3 is here so let's talk about some of the new features um so first of all there's my home assistant 
So, which is, so it's a new way for websites, documentation, forum posts, things like that to link to your own private has instance on your network. So it'll be useful for things like, you know, you have your install blueprint button. So let's say you're on, you're browsing the home assistant website. You see a blueprint that you like, you click install blueprint, and then that'll actually install it on your local home assistant from the uh, home assistant website, right? Uh, so that URL is stored on the browser, so it can't be accessed by third-party websites. So it's not just some random, you know, it's not that Home Assistant has your specific uh, uh, URL or anything like that. Um, and then when you, so when you click that uh, link for the first time, it'll basically ask you to keep your URL. Uh, it'll, it'll ask you what your URL is, and then you can just type that in. And based on that, it's just a quick way of being able to deploy things like that. Um, I think this is really neat really handy i mean especially when you see you don't have to go back and forth between your home assistant instance maybe a forum post or whatever it is it's to me this this makes sense right oh i'm looking at this oh this is a cool feature click and it's already there absolutely i think um this will be a a great addition to blueprints right like having the ability for you know bloggers like ourselves or other you know reddit posts or anything like that just being able to say you want to install this blueprint click this and it just does it right and it goes you know it just takes out a step that a user needs to do right because it'll push a person straight into their local home assistant instance and it's all there ready to go they also have um cool shortcut links for things around the house right so if you go can you go into your services page if you're talking to someone you're like oh what's the services page well now with a my home assistant you can actually send them a url and when they click that url it will load up you know and take them straight into the services area of home assistant so Mm. very cool yeah and and frank actually uh posted a uh a gif of it essentially where uh, he's going through the documentation site. It's on. Ad, he's got a thing for AdGuard. He's looking at that that documentation. There's a little button there. It says Add Integration. Click it, and it actually cross launches into the uh, uh, into into his local Home Assistant mm-hmm. instance. And uh, going, hey, do you want? Are you sure you want to set up uh, AdGuard Home? Click yes, and boom, off you go. Right. So, again, great way to kind of do that rather than go through start searching you're in, you're on the documentation anyways just ah, click install and off you awesome. go yeah like can you imagine like oh like you know you, we've got philips hue you right, go to the philips hue integration and then in the home assistant documentation there's a setup integration and you just click that it then pushes you over and then you're in the home assistant front end setting up your you know putting in your wi-fi details or whatever to mm-hmm. that's yeah that's really cool actually yeah i'll i'll uh, i'll i'll put a link to uh frank's uh post on twitter to that awesome on the show notes all right and a big change for i don't know if this is just because i'm doing a lot of changes in home assistant or i prefer using the services area yeah. but big change for the service calls page in the home assistant developers area it's uh completely different it's so much cleaner uh it apparently incorporates a lot of interface elements from the new blueprints area so there is uh colored buttons uh for areas devices things like that so uh and also the the instead of you know previously you would have a drop down for the service you still got that once you select a service uh you now get like form elements to add in all the service attribute data so you select your entity properly you put you know uh what color would you like you know and you put it in a nice drop down mm-hmm. box similar to the way you would do it when creating a automation or a script 
yeah, so much nicer. And of course, there is a button at the bottom to switch to YAML mode. So good to see that the service area has got a bit of love. And I think this is cool to start leveraging some of those new blueprint UI stuff that's coming around too. Yeah, which is great. And, and, and you know, hopefully that cascades through um, everything, right? So it's mm. a kind of standardized uh, UI. Because I think they also changed the automation editor as yep. well to support this in this release. So if you're using the UI editor of Home Assistant, you'll see this as well. Yeah, which is great. Uh, entity copy buttons in the states area. So if you're, you know, if you're looking at the states of, of, uh, any, any, any of your entities, uh, you can actually easily copy the entity IDs from the t- developer tools there. So I, I personally, I use that quite a bit. I go into the, I go into the developer tools and say, Hey, you know, what's this called? Yeah. It might be like, did I name it master bedroom temperature or did I name it temperature master bedroom? Exactly. Because as much as I try to st- standardize, I don't. And then when you try uh, and copy it and you accidentally click the link and it opens up the dialogue and then go, oh, now I have to go somewhere yeah. else to copy the entity. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It just gets frustrating. So I'm, I, again, it, this is one of those, is, is it, you know, worthy of a deep conversation to say, hey, there's a button that copies? No, <laughs> but to me, it, it, it it's something small that makes my workflow that much easier so uh i that 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 personally is something i really appreciate yeah yeah me too uh suggested areas uh are now supported in home system so when you're adding an integration the uh integration can now suggest what area uh the device that you've just added should be added to so for example uh, a sonar mm. speaker it may suggest that you sign the speaker to the kitchen area for example if you've got like a sonos recognizes all right you've named You've added a speaker called kitchen and you have an area kitchen. Here you go. Why don't you belong? But surely this should be added to the kitchen area. Same thing with lights in Philips Hue groups. If you add a light or a group in from Philips Hue, uh, it can also you know say, hey, this looks like it's in the living room, but this should probably be in the living room area in Home Assistant. So once again, Home Assistant is trying to become smarter in taking actions on behalf of users you know yeah pre-filling as much information as possible just to make things a little bit more easier and time saving yep there's nothing wrong with that um apple tv so if you use the apple tv integration uh apple tv has now got shuffle repeat and uh volume stepping support so yay yay well, well done for you uh subaru and mazda connected cars are now supported in home assistant subaru is available in the us and canada for users with a subaru starling subscription and i'm sure there will be some other sort of restriction that mazda will have for their cars but i believe there's no ability to automatically drive the car so home assistant can't drive your car don't get too excited about that Uh, but there is uh census so you know average fuel consumption uh how much fuel is in the car that sort of stuff so if you've got one of those cars and you want to integrate it with Home Assistant, then there you go. That's sweet. Um, litter Robot. So the Litter Robot integration allows you to control, monitor um, your Wi-Fi enabled self-cleaning litter box for cats. Um, not something I thought I'd be talking about today, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really like these. I, I just like the fact that one, there is a smart automatic self-cleaning litter box for cats because if i ever want to own a cat that is the last thing i want to have to deal with and i appreciate that that device one it exists yep but two it integrates with home assistant so now that it's going to exist in the integrations page of home assistant which is basically my shopping list because whenever i want to buy something smart i check that page and now i'm going to know that oh well if i ever do get a cat that is the the smart little self-cleaning litter box I will need to buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's right. Oh dear. Uh, I like it. I like it. Click, keep, keep. I love like these random integrations. Just keep adding them in. That's right. Um, Climber Cell integration is a weather API with a free version. Uh, I'm hoping that it could be a possible replacement candidate for the dark sky. Uh, so you could ab- activate a free API key and Climber Cell will allow you to uh, pull in weather data. I believe it's globally. I haven't been able to test it yet, but I'm hoping it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also use multiple locations and home assistant knows that the climber cell api has a limit of 1000 requests per day so if you add in you know two locations home assistant will then halve the frequency that home assistant polls for updates for both locations so you don't go over your 1000 api limit per day so that's pretty smart there too nice that's uh that's actually pretty good. All right. Speaking of climate, um, so templates can now be used to create weather entities. Um, so if you have any sensors that uh, pull in data from multiple sources, so let's say DarkSide and ClimaCell, you can create your own weather entities from those sensors. Um, so you can make your own weather cards. Um, and yeah, basically based on that, you can come up with your own weather cards. I really like this. In, so for people that might have their own weather station outside their house. Yeah. Um, and they want to be able to see, because uh, right now you've got the current temperature outside, which is pulled from, you know, the weather service, right? Which mm-hmm. can, you know, vary depending on your geographic location or how close you are to that weather station, right? Um, I know here in Melbourne, uh, if you're up in the city and it can be, you know, a couple of degrees cooler down in the peninsula where you might not have, a um, weather station, right? So being able to have your own weather station and have that data as a sensor in home assistant, now you can have a full-fledged weather card and a full weather uh, entity in home assistant, but you can then say, all right, for the current temperature, I'm going to get my temperature from my own personal weather station out the front and have that update every 15 minutes as opposed to four hours or something, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be really cool. And also, you know, how much rain has been received today, you know? Generally, it's, you know, rain's been received, I've yep. oh, received 500 mils this year, well, or today, right? But, you know, your house may have had a sunshade over it the whole day and the sun decided, nope, we're not having rain at your house today. Yeah. So, yeah. Being able, and then, once again, tie that back into your Grafana, Influx, you know, get more localized data. Yeah, a little richer for your specific use case, right? Yeah. Which is nice. Exactly. Uh AEMET, Open Data Integration, is also supported, which stands for Agencia Estatala de Meteoro... Oh, I'm not even going to try and... Print that. I'm, no, <laughs> I'm going to stop there. So, Let's just call it the Spanish uh, Meteorological Agency. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so AEMET uh, uses the Open Data uh, as a source for the meteorological data for your location, uh, but it is restricted to the Spanish territory. Uh, it does require an API key, and it's completely free. So if you can leverage that, uh, go for it. Uh, smart tub integration. So now uh, if you have a smart hot tub, uh, not only am I going to ask to come join, <laughs> I will also – no. Uh, but basically, uh, you can now uh, view and control your hot tubs from Home Assistant, which is great So because I know, you know there might be people trying to tinker with uh, – using things like a, maybe a ESP mm. home kind of integrated with like a climate thing. And so now you can kind of natively have that integration if if it uses the smart tub, uh, I guess, ecosystem. Yeah. I really, once again, like a random thing that is in Home Assistant, there is there going to be a smart tub category in the integrations page? I'm hoping so. Yeah. Um, 
But I think this integration alone is very good for people that may be using Home Assistant to remotely monitor, for example, like an Airbnb environment. You know, if you've mm. got, if you're uh, having, you know, a holiday house that you have as an Airbnb, which has a smart tub, and you don't want those guests who have left it on when they check out, you know, now you can remotely make sure that, you know, when no one's home, the smart tub gets turned off, all that sort of stuff. Um, and also, you know, I guess, even if you don't, if, if it's your house that you've got the smart tub, then, yeah. uh, you know, when you leave, make sure it's not left on. Same thing, right? Save a bit of money. Yeah, which is which is great. Yeah. I don't know why, but brand name here, Rituals Perfume Genie. I don't know why it's called Rituals, but fair enough. Uh, sure. So the Rituals Perfume Genie integration allows you to control and monitor your Rituals Perfume diffusers connected to your Rituals account. Uh, and so the integration is compatible with the first and second versions of this product. So I guess if you, I know I've got a, uh, down here in Australia, we have a company called Kogan. They have a, they've basically got two-year rebranded smart stuff and they have a, I've got a two-year rebranded uh, oil diffuser that I've integrated mm. with local two-year in Home Assistant for the same purpose, right? Like you put a bit of essential oils in and sure. automated when you get home, makes the house smell nice. So I really appreciate this. I do wonder if, how smart this uh, perfume genius it is tempting me. I would like to. It sounds very enticing to me. I, I, do, I do like the idea of you know just set and forget things. Like I walk in the house and yeah. the house smells nice, right? Yeah. Um, but once again, very random, and that but clearly someone <laughs> uses it in Home Assistant and wanted to integrate it into Home Assistant. So once again, I appreciate you adding that to my shopping list. That's right. You, you know what? As as random as this is, I won't. I so this is actually so we have like. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know how many diffusers my girlfriend's bought for this house. Um, mm-hmm. We we don't live in a big house, so I think we have like <laughs> five, I'm six. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, like it makes me think that maybe I smell, and maybe that's why <laughs> I don't know. But the so, but every time, like what happens is like one of the like the big one that we have in the kitchen because that one makes sense. You know, you cook and all these things. Mm. It's kind of nice to kind of freshen it up a little bit, and and our kitchen is uh, kind of attached to our living room as well, so. You know, you want to unwind, whatever, put put on like a nice, like a lighter, like a lavender or something like yeah. that if you want to try whatever. So, uh, but one thing is it's got like a ti- built-in timer, but that timer is like one hour and I think it's like six hours is like the next interval or maybe there's like a four hour, yep, but it's, yep, it's yep. kind of like, what if I want something in between, right? So, yep. uh, and, and that's something I've always been like, oh, should I just open it up and try and jerry-rig it? Will I probably end up lighting the house on fire? Yeah, so... Uh, this is something great, and I think you know I, we need we need more things like this. You know, as we were just discussing about this, I remember seeing something like this ages ago online, and I, I'm I'm actually googling it right now, and I think it might be this. They there was this device that would you would basically buy these cartridges, and it would mix and match like a smell. So let's say you wanted you know summer breeze. Like mm-hmm. you, it would be like, uh, you know how you get like your red, green, blue inkjet in a printer, yeah, right? Yeah. This machine would combine the different elements from their cartridges and create like a custom smell based on what you've dialed in, Ooh. right? So then similar That's to like premium. the Nanoleaf canvas where you yeah. would have recipes created by people for um, light shows, people could create, you know, oh, I think this is a lovely smell for a Hawaiian experience in your home, Right. Or and you know people can share these on in this app and I right. I have I'm not sure if it's this particular one I know I've just looked up this brand this perfume genie and they have you know 
a cartridge Sakura, um, which is a 30 mil cartridge. They've got the Hamam cartridge. Maybe it's in the air. There is another, it might not be this one, but there is definitely a device out there. I don't know if it's smart that can do that. And I'll, I wonder if that could be in, like that, like that would be awesome, right? Like have a random smell. Like one of the things yeah. I hate about oil diffusers, you have to refill them, right? You have to put water in, put yeah. the oils in, right? And, you know, I've, I have home, this doesn't nudge me to say, hey, you know, the oil diffuser attempts to turn on and there's no water in it. It'll say, hey, it's empty. Go fill it up sort of thing. Nice. With this like cartridge-based system, it would be nice to have it say, hey, like, would you like this smell today? This smell and not have to worry about refilling it. But mm. anyway, I've digressed. Anyway, Rituals Perfume Genie. If you haven't got it, get on it. Um, I don't know if it's any good, but there is integration in home business now, so it's got to be good for something. Therefore, buy it. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Ritual, if you guys want to sponsor us, we're more than welcome to <laughs> We're more than open to things since we just yeah. plugged you guys for the last exactly. five minutes. Uh, let's talk about some breaking changes. Um, so there's some custom integrations now that require a version key in their manifest file. So that means custom integrations now also require manifest files. So... It'll create a warning when you start it up, but eventually it'll be blocked from loading if it's missing a version in its manifest file. So if you don't use custom integrations, do not worry about this. Yeah. If you do, I, then, I mean, if you use something like hacks, I mean, for the most part, it, it, it everything's I'm, in there. I'm pretty sure if, yeah, if you're running through hacks, I'm guessing hacks will uh, tell you, you know, hey, this doesn't have a manifest file. It might even be required for hacks, I think. Um, I Yeah, I would assume. But but yeah, if you're running like your own custom integration that you've made, you might have to change some file names as well to get it supported for that manifest file um, as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think like if you've created, you know, like your own two-year integration or you've got some random device in your country that no one is really going to use except for yourself when you've created a Python script, then yes, you will need to update your custom component. Yeah, exactly. Also, congratulations, and I implore you to publish it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the fan entity model has changed the split named speeds into percentages in the range from zero, which is off, to 100. So, Rahan, we talked about this in the last episode. I think they, yeah. that's when they introduced, you know, like the high, medium, low, and we were sort of discussing, you know, not all fans are equal. So... Uh, calls in automations and scripts to the fan.setSpeed service need to be replaced. So uh, if you have a fan that has a um, speed, then it should be using fan.setPercentage. So, you know, one, two, three, four. If you have a fan that uses a preset mode, so for example, um, mm -hmm. auto, cooling, etc., like that, whatever it may be called, then you use the fan.setPercentage preset mode service right and, yeah see th this this makes a lot more sense to me than than the last one right because yes. it could be one or the other maybe my fan has just low medium high maybe it has yep. a, a dial that you know zero to 100 whatever that is right um so i think last time i used the um examples of my dyson fan which is yeah. zero to ten one to ten i should say for the dyson fan and then my xiaomi fan which is literally level one two three four so i assume that uh, for the Xiaomi fan, I would use the preset mode and my Dyson, I'll use set percentage. So that makes much more sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, MQTT cover. So the value template is now deprecated for if you're using it to extract the position. So as of 2021.6, so you still got a little bit of time, you got about three months. 
uh, support will be removed for using a value template. Instead, what you should be using is a position template. And this is just for MQTT covers. So if you have a garage door, let's say you have some kind of a SP32 or something like that connected to your garage door and you're determining position, whatever that is, and, and you're doing all this via MQTT, you need to care. Um, yep. If you use a value template to pull that, uh, to, to, you know, do whatever with that, with that position value, that will stop working as of 2021.6. Um, so again, you have a bit of time, uh, but you can start playing with it now. One thing that came up for me testing out the beta this week was I use uh, Soma Control, um, mm-hmm. which, because uh, I have a couple of Soma smart shades, so they're Bluetooth uh, blind open right. controllers. Um, and that project was actually using, uh, was setting both a state topic and a position topic, mm. which apparently was never allowed. And I actually raised an issue with Home Assistant. Uh, and they said, yeah, look, it's never been supported. Uh, we've just basically fixed this bug that existed for you. So I've actually, actually, before we were starting, I was doing a pull request. So I put a pull request in for one of the Soma Control libraries that I use, which is a Node.js library. Yep. So yes, the basically the what I had the problem after upgrading to this version was that uh, in my JSON payload for the blinds, the positions were set as strings. So the zero was a string zero, not a integer zero, and one hundred same thing. Um, so I've put a pull request in so that now. Uh, the 0 and 100 must be integers in the JSON config for MQTT and that the state topic has been removed. So uh, you, if you're using your own MQTT cover and you've done something similar or you upgrade and all of a sudden your covers have gone unknown, just this is probably the Why? reason behind it. Yeah, so just go through the documentation and check that whatever payload you're sending for your MQTT cover uh, is compliant with the Home Assistant MQTT cover description yeah and remember cover could be something like uh something like blinds it could mm-hmm. be garage doors exactly. basically anything that moves up and down yeah open or close yeah open close yeah it comes in as a cover yeah for the most yep. part definitely another change to home assistant that could be a breaking change for you is automation triggers on startup so if an automation trigger template already renders as true on home system core startup it will no longer trigger at startup so think of this as uh you know you've got a template in your uh you know you've got platform template as your trigger and a template is you know is the hour less than six well if you restart your home system instance between you know midnight and 6 a.m that template will render as true and previously that would then trigger the automation on startup so now when home assistant starts up it will not trigger that automation if you do need something to trigger when Home Assistant starts up, there is a special Home Assistant event platform that you can use. So you can trigger when Home Assistant starts up to trigger that automation. I would encourage you to use that. I think this is it's, it should like it's the, this is the correct behavior now moving forward. I right. think it could have some unintended consequences if you sort of you know relied on this to set you know the state of an input select somewhere on startup and all that. So yeah, I would just encourage you to check all your automations when you start up that or always states and everything they're, they're in the correct place that they should be. Also, as of this release, Z-Wave JS or Z-Wave JS, however you want to say it, <laughs> now requires a minimum version of 1.0.0. Mm-hmm. So just something to note. Cool. 
And randomly, uh, there's a new color that's been added to Home Assistant for lights. It's the Home Assistant color. Previously, you could always use the color name in the light.turnon service with a color name like blue, red, green. Now there's Home Assistant, which will change your lights to the Home Assistant blue. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Rohan, what are you planning to do with that? Uh, probably not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't have any color changing lights to start with, so <laughs> definitely not. Uh, the closest thing I have are what I use in my range hood, which are the ta- uh, trad-free IKEA lights, mm-hmm. which go from like just different hues of yellow or yellow, white, whatever. Cool. Are they just like smart white bulbs? Yeah. Yeah. It literally just goes warm white to cool white and and whatever in between. So yeah. So I'm, I'm planning to do not a whole lot with that. (laughs) Um, I guess it's a a good, it's good to see another color, I guess, of added to the list, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's very random. I think uh, Frank's just added as a, a little Easter egg for people. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so if you, you know, if you're in the listening in the future and you go, hey, yeah, I want to try out that color. There you go. It's there for you. <laughs> if you have ever wondered, how can my house look more like Home Assistant? <laughs> this is how. I wonder if, like, maybe you could test out the color accuracy of your lights by putting up, like, a Home Assistant blue. Um, Ooh, yeah. Like, you know, that shiny metal case they've got for the, the Home Assistant blue. If they put you up, put that up to a, a light changing blue. Like, how, what, what? color like what, what's going to be the best brand that will get closest to that home assistant blue <laughs> would, would, would it be philips hue would they be the best color will it be lifex that would True. get better yeah i don't know that's funny maybe that's a, a video idea for dr z's or, or the hookup that can that's right test it out right <laughs> perfect all right that's our show cool that's it yeah good release that's it cool. catch you guys next time take care if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics that we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.